Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hello and welcome to episode number 53 of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Intro to Social. When you're trying to build a business, it's essential to have a presence on social media. And in my free Intro to Social course, I've joined forces with industry-leading experts to help you identify which platforms your business should be on. After completing the Intro to Social course, you'll gain the knowledge and resources to build a strong social media presence for your business, one platform at a time. Go to introtosocial.com to download the free workbook and gain access to the free course today. Go ahead, pause the podcast. We'll wait for you. Today's guest is a self-proclaimed multi-passionate entrepreneur and a mom to two under two. In 2011, she met her husband while working at Walt Disney World. They bonded over their love for entrepreneurships and all things Disney. Shortly after, they launched their travel planning agency, where they help families plan magical vacations to Disney destinations all over the world. She has successfully launched an event planning business, wrote a vacation planning guidebook, and now coaches business owners and influencers on how to use Instagram to grow their business. Let's get ready to talk Instagram travel and parenting with Shelby Moore. Hey, Shelby, thanks for joining me. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. I feel like we've talked about this for a long time and I don't know why it's just taken us a while to connect. So I'm excited you're here. Because I've had too many babies and too many jobs. That's what's happened. (laughs) I don't know what that's like. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you're here now. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your babies? Tell us, (laughs) start with... Start with how you met your husband and kind of bring your babies into it. Tell us about your family. Absolutely. That's like my favorite conversation. So in college, so I like am a self-diagnosed, creative, multi-passionate entrepreneur, and I go in a million different directions all the time. And I was in college and I had changed my major probably for the fifth time. And I got an email from Disney that they had a Disney college internship and, um, I immediately applied. I was like, I'm going to go live in Florida. I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to be a princess. It's going to be magical. And I'm not going to worry about college. It's fine. So I went on this internship. It was absolutely amazing. Introduced me to some of the people that are like my best friends in the whole world that live all across the country. And on my first day of training, there's this super annoying guy that was assigned in my group. And every day in the first two weeks of training, they like take away people out of your group and narrow the group down into smaller, basically exactly to what location you're going to be working in. So by the end of our two weeks, me and this guy are like, literally we argue every single day, but we are assigned to the same place. We have to work together. 
by the end of the six months we were dating. And that is how I met my husband. He was like, he basically stalked me. Um, but <laughs> it was cute. It was fine. We worked together the entire six month program. We worked at the magic kingdom and at a bunch of like merchandising stores together. I'm pretty sure he convinced the managers to make sure that we worked all shifts together because I don't know how else that actually happened, but we did. We worked every single day together. It was great. So he's actually from Michigan and I'm from Mississippi. So when the internship was over, I went back to Mississippi and he went back to Michigan and um, we dated for about a year and a half long distance. And then he convinced me to move to Michigan. And then six months later, we went on vacation to Disney World and got engaged at the Magic Kingdom. And about six to, it was about nine months later, we got married at the Grand Floridian at the Disney Wedding Pavilion. And I will say it was very classy. There was no Disney involved in the wedding other than the fact that it was at Disney World. Everyone's always like, was Mickey at your wedding? And I was like, no, <laughs> he's not. No. It's like those memes. Have you seen them? That's like, what if you got married, the place that you met, where would you get married? Like, so you're yeah. like, you, you met, you got engaged and you got married kind of all of, at the same place. Literally, you can see the castle from the chapel that we got married in. That's, That's so how close funny. it is. That's so, so like, fun. literally was the same place. So where we worked, where we met, where we got engaged and where we got married was literally all the same place. So now we live in Michigan. We were married for about three years before we had our first daughter, Ella. And then about six months after having Ella, we found out we were having Finn and he's here. He's seven months old now. So we have Ella and Finn and our hands are full. Two under two is what we have happening right now. <laughs> It is a lot of fun. We are kind of obsessed with being parents. We are both very like, we love our jobs, but we also like love our kids so much. So it's kind of fun being an entrepreneur because we have like found ways to make our jobs about our kids, which has been really fun. And Disney is still involved in your current endeavors, correct? What are you doing now? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So right after we left Disney, I was still in college, but I went ahead and signed up to be an independent travel agent. So the way that works is basically like Disney has approved agencies and then you can work under those agencies as your own business. So that's what I did. I've been doing that for about seven years and we are kind of pivoting into a totally different direction where we are no longer going to be independent agents, but we will be launching our own agency, which is super exciting because we still have a ton of friends who were cast members at one point or another who are also wanting to go into the travel agency business. So we will now be training agents and guiding them through the process of being a travel agent. And we will be the agency owners and no longer the agent, if that makes sense. No, that's awesome. And you still, I'm assuming, take lots of trips to Disney? (laughs) Yes. My daughter, um, she's not two yet. And she has been to Disney World four times and Disneyland once. So what would you say would be the ideal age? I feel like that's one of those things that comes up. My kids have never been to any of the Disney's and mm-hmm. my any of the Disney's, yeah. And my husband's always wondering if they're too young. So, you know, this is like one of the number one questions that I get and obviously I'm slightly biased because we would go no matter what age our children are. But I will say now that I have experienced, I have sisters that are much younger than me. Like they are just now turning 13 and 16. So I've been able to experience Disney with 
elementary, middle school, high schoolers, and now I'm experiencing them with babies and my toddlers. So I personally think that all of them, all children should be able to go before they're five. And the reason why is because there's something that changes about a kid's mind. They, they discover too much of reality and a little bit of that extra magic kind of disappears. Disney will always be fun no matter what age they are. But there is something so magical about like seeing their eyes light up whenever they think that these characters are real and they think that these places that they're going into are the real thing and mm-hmm. they don't understand that it's not. It's just a totally different experience when you take them then. And then whenever you take them, whenever they're like older into elementary and middle school, they still love it because they're still that little kid in them. But the, a little bit of the magic is gone. Like they don't, it's harder to convince them of things. It's almost like watching a magic show. And whenever you're older, you're trying to figure out how they did it. But whenever you're younger, you're like, wow, that's amazing. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. So I feel like most children should probably go taking them before they are five years old is 100% acceptable and amazing. But honestly, whenever your family is, it's in the budget and if they're ready, do it. I'm all about just, if you're ready to go, go. I wouldn't wait any, like too long. Nope. That makes sense. That's kind of where my head is at too. So I'll make sure he listens to this. Um, Yes, you should. (laughs) Now you've also... Uh, pivoted a little bit or expanded a little bit into social media. So how did yes. how does that happen? So whenever I was in college and trying to decide on my major, I was bouncing back and forth between hospitality and marketing, which I actually ended up going into doing both on my own. Thankful to being an entrepreneur, I get to do those things. So I launched my own event planning business about five years ago. And I've kind of backed off of that just with the kiddos, but I did that for a while. And then just in the process of doing those things, and I have an obsession with marketing, I think that there are so many ways that you can get your brand, like bring awareness to your brand, but not have to spend a ton of marketing dollars and ways of doing that is using social media. And yes, there are paid ways to use social media, but there's also amazing ways to leverage platforms without having to spend a ton of money. It just takes a lot of work. And I was living in this online world of all of these Facebook groups and these people. And they're just like constantly complaining about not having enough followers and not having enough conversion of, you know, followers to customer ratio and that type of thing. And it was just like, but it's not that hard. Like in my brain, because I understand the business aspect of it, I was like, it's not that hard. So I have really the last like year been diving into just helping people understand the business mindset behind social media, especially Instagram. That's been the platform that I've been focusing on the most. I've been trying to teach people to treat it like a brick and mortar business. I think people try to make it too complicated. Um, when it's not, you just have to think of like, just like you would treat a marketing plan for your brick and mortar business, you would have a marketing plan for your Instagram. So yeah, so that's been really fun. I just took something that I knew, something that I was super passionate about and saw that other people, there was a disconnect for them. Mm-hmm. And I just started like jumping on my Instagram and talking about it. And it turned into people wanting me to run their Instagram accounts. And now I'm even pivoting away from that. And I'm doing more of like a coaching aspect because people want to do it themselves, but they're lost. They are so confused. So I've been doing a lot of like Voxer, like with the Voxer app, doing some coaching that way. 
And that has been so fun, not only being able to like chat with them all the time, but seeing them grow their accounts and be like less stressed about it. So it's been really fun to kind of see where that went. Well, I'd love to ask some Instagram questions. Yes. So I obviously come from a Facebook background. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Facebook owns Instagram. So I think a lot of people assume because I worked at Facebook, I must be amazing at Instagram. And that's simply yeah. not the case. Instagram marketing is so different than organic Instagram. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. to have an organic Instagrammer <laughs> to ask yes. questions about. So yes. one thing I'd love to hear your input on Is there ever a reason why you should have more than one Instagram account? Like, should I have an Instagram account for my business and my podcast? Mm, That's a good question. I see questions like that all the time. I also Mm -hmm. see the question of personal and business. Should they be separate? So I'm curious what the pros and cons are for multiple accounts. So... There is not like one answer that is going to fit everyone's business. This is kind of why I started diving into more of the coaching aspect because there is really not one answer for everyone. Each Mm -hmm. business has a different, you know, is going to need a different strategy. So what happens is whenever, so let's say I'm a personal brand. So I have multiple different topics that I talk about whenever I'm posting about my family. And then whenever I post about Instagram, the people who are wanting me to talk about my family, I may be losing them on the posts that I'm talking about Instagram because they may have zero interest in that. So the experts out there, they say that if you're going to have topics that are completely different from one another, that you should have different accounts because you can niche down a little further to make sure that all of your followers are very targeted. They're following you for this one specific reason. So me being a personal brand, I talk about anything I want to because that's just who I am on my account. But I do have a travel focused account. The only thing I talk about on there is Disney vacations. And then we do have another travel account. And the only thing we talk about on there is like Caribbean vacations. So it's extremely targeted. Now, for a lot of people like you, who you have kind of like multiple different businesses, you could run a personal branded account, but then you could also have like a very niche targeted podcast account because there are so many people out there just looking for podcasts to follow. They may not find you, but they may find your podcast. So yeah, I mean, again, every business is going to have a different strategy, but if you're wanting extremely targeted followers, the more niche your account is, the better. Because there are people who may see me post about Instagram and they unfollow me because if you're scrolling through your feed and you see something that doesn't interest you, you're trying to like, everyone right now is like trying to declutter their life. So if you see something that you don't like in your feed, you're going to head to their account and unfollow them because you're like, I'm not interested in this. I don't want to see this. But what they forget and what they don't realize is that my last two posts, they were interested in, but I just lost that follower. So it's a little complicated and like kind of like a brain. It's like a mind thing with people. No, that thing. makes sense. So it's more about like the topic and the likelihood that your followers are congruent across like your different... Absolutely. Yeah ventures or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and yeah. I know that there's not like a clear cut this is the right answer for everybody. Yes. 
you can do whatever you want. (laughs) That is is what I keep trying to like tell people is like, yes, there are like theories and strategies behind all of these different things. And some things maybe work better than other, but like, what do you want? What works best for you and your business? Because whatever you are going to, whatever strategy you set in place is what you're going to follow as long as you're passionate about it. And if you're not passionate about having two different accounts, then don't do it. That's my theory. (laughs) And I think that's a part of it, though, is trying to juggle it. If you can't juggle Mm -hmm. two accounts, don't spread yourself too thin, right? Absolutely, because then you're not going to follow through with either one. And one of the number one things about Instagram is consistency. If you are not constantly showing up for your followers, they're not going to follow. They're going to disappear. Now, what about like those templated themes. So like making it so that when you go to somebody's feed, it's like a checkerboard or things like that. Should we be putting that extra thought and effort into making it look pretty and cool? So Instagram is a visual platform. So obviously your content needs to be visually pleasing and you can do this in a million different ways. My account is all has like a preset filter on all of the images that makes it very like bright and airy. So the whole page looks kind of the same. Other people will choose a strategy as far as like a quote, a picture, a quote, a picture, a quote, a picture, something like that. So like whenever people are visiting your feed or like your actual account, you have about five seconds to grab their attention. So they're seeing your bio and then they're also seeing like those top nine posts on that first little screen of yours. So Whatever you have is visually catching their attention. You have more possibilities of them turning into a follower. So that's kind of where the feed, your entire account needs to have Mm -hmm. some type of attractiveness to it. So it doesn't really matter if it's like the uh, planned like design or if it's a planned preset filter whatever. There's actually one account that takes a picture in the same position like the same facial expression in like a million different places all over the world. And so like, that's what her account is, is literally like her face with the same facial expression in like all of these different places. So it has that consistency to it. So it just needs to be visually pleasing. It doesn't matter how you do that. It could be different. It could be colors that are really eye-catching. It could be black and white. It could be the strategy and how you place the photos Um, It just needs to show your personality, be on brand and visually appealing because again, you have five seconds to grab their attention. That's like zero. I think goldfish have like eight seconds of memory. And so basically we are downgrading ourselves because us humans apparently only give people five seconds of time before we've moved on to the next thing. I've heard that too. (laughs) (laughs) And then what about, tell me about hashtags. Oh my gosh, we could have a whole podcast just on hashtags. Okay, so I'll give you like my ranting information that I always rant about at hashtags. So you'll hear people say, you should only use 10, you should only use 15, you should use all 30. You should 100% use all 30. Not using all 30 is literally like you're throwing away marketing dollars. Like here, I have marketing money to spend, but I'm not gonna actually spend it. I'm just gonna throw it away. Like that's crazy. Use all 30 hashtags and they need to be targeted. So think about like maybe five to 10 of them could be hashtags that describe you or your business. And then five to 10 of them could be about the actual post 
that you are posting about. It could be, you know, because your picture is of a donut. So you're talking about donuts and cafes and like blah, 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 whatever describes the actual thing that you just posted. And then the last five to 10, you would want to do what your ideal follower slash client would be searching for. So this could literally be anything. This doesn't have to have anything to do with you, anything to do with what you just posted. You could be posting a picture of a donut, but you're wanting to target a mom in a particular city across the country. So you type in hashtag Detroit, Michigan, hashtag whatever, Orlando, Florida, because you're wanting to target families there or Orlando mom, something that targets the actual person that you're looking for. That way you show up in various different hashtag lands. (laughs) I don't hashtag land, whatever. Okay. So that is my rant about posting them. Okay. So whenever you're another thing that you would use hashtags for is engagement. And a lot of people are like, what is engagement? What does that mean? So you're going to go to the hashtags that you just created and you posted on Instagram. Then you're going to go to those same hashtags and you're going to click on one and it's going to take you to a hashtag page and it'll show you the top hashtags within that hashtag page. And it'll show you the most recent. So you're going to head over, you could do either one, but you're going to head over to the most recent and you're just going to like and comment on like all of, you know, as many pictures as you want for like maybe like 10, 15 minutes a day. You'll do this in various different hashtags because these are hashtags that you are wanting to interact with because you're using them and you, your ideal followers and your ideal clients are also using that hashtag. Mm -hmm. So you're engaging with them in hopes that they're going to come to your page. That's going to attract them to you. and then they will come and interact with you. So how I said, like, treat it like a brick and mortar business. Think about it this way. You'll randomly get like postcards from dentist offices and coupons from the Kroger and things like that. And they just appear in your mailbox out of nowhere, but they send it to you. They know who you are. They know your name and they send it to you. They know what you like and it showed up in your mailbox. And so now you're like, hmm, maybe I should go check them out. This looks actually really interesting. We actually got a something in the mail for, and we just signed my daughter up for gymnastics. And it's because they sent us a random postcard in the mail. We never even heard of the business before. So showing up on someone else's account, liking their images, commenting on their images, sending them a direct message saying, hey, so-and-so, I am absolutely loving your feed. Our kids seem to be the same age. Girl, I understand your struggle, blah, blah, blah. Like connecting with them in some way is like sending them a postcard and saying, I think you would be interested in what I have to offer. And that sends them to your page. So any form of engagement, but the hashtags are a great way to do that because it can be so targeted and it can help you narrow down on who you are really wanting to reach out to. So I told you it was going to be a rant. Well, no, that's a piece I'm definitely missing. Like I've heard, you know, engage with hashtags, but I don't think I've put as much thought into it to go and like actually comment on random strangers things. Like mm-hmm. I comment on my friends things. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's totally fine. Like it's not weird. It is totally acceptable because here's the thing. They, they are wanting their post to get attention. No one's posting to not get any likes and comments. <laughs> they're posting and they're going to, they're like dying to get likes and comments. So you liking their image and you commenting on their image has just made their whole day. And they're like, who is this person that is so nice and just commented on my image? And they come to your profile and maybe your 
brand or your visual feed attracts them immediately. So they follow, or maybe they quickly read your bio and you have a service or something about your life connects with them. Or maybe you have an amazing opt-in on your bio and they're like 10 tips to save money at Disney world. Yes, please. And they like opt-in, you immediately have a subscriber. I mean, it is just so it's great. People really over, not over people under estimate the ability that engagement and hashtags have on Instagram because it's a very personal platform for people. And judging by what I get as far as comments and can't stand, I feel like it's worth noting that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't okay. think you will. <laughs> that when you make those comments on like stranger accounts, that you're not asking them for anything. So you're not oh. asking them to check out the link in your bio. You're not asking it is them the most to check annoying out your thing. Don't be needy. Do not right. be desperate. Do not be needy. Like you are amazing. You don't need to beg for their attention. You are giving them, what are you giving them? You're giving them your attention for a minute. You're giving them your likes. You're giving them your comments. And then they're like, that was so nice of her. Let me go see if I can pay it forward. And then they come to you and maybe they just like one of your pictures. Maybe they comment on one of your pictures. They might even follow you, but do not ask them for something, especially if you're going to send them a direct message. If that direct message is selling them something or asking something of them, no, more than likely you will be deleted. Because I know if you're asking me for something, bye, I'm deleting you. Now, if you have sent me a message and you were trying to connect with me on a deeper, more personal level and really kind of build a relationship, and then you say, hey, I really think that you would seriously be interested in this. Why don't you check it out? No strings attached. And I'm like, okay, fine, why not? But yes, I've noticed that now that I've reached a certain threshold of likes on my images, that I get these like, super tacky comments. And a lot of them I can tell are robots that are like commenting on my images, which is so annoying. And some people delete these because they do look gross or just like, if you've lived in the Instagram world, you know that they're fake. My husband thought they were real. And he was like, all these people are commenting on your Instagram. I was like, they're not real. They're robots. I don't know who they are. I don't know how they're finding me, but I don't delete them because with the way the Instagram algorithm works, is that even though it is a robot commenting on my image, it still boosts my personal engagement and boosts me within the hashtag realm. So I leave it, whatever. It's annoying. I don't like it. But the cool thing about it is, is that whenever people are commenting on my images, even if they are a robot, it does encourage other people to comment because no one wants to be, unless you're already a famous person, no one wants to be the first person to comment. Because they're like, it's like showing up to the party first. It's like, oh, wait, I think I showed up too early. This is kind of embarrassing. Everyone wants to be like fashionably late. So that is like kind of great that all these robots are commenting on my pictures. But yeah, don't be needy. Whenever people comment and they're like, I think that you should come to my page and like it. And I think that you should buy some of my products because I think it'll interest you. And like, yes, maybe you do sell Disney artwork. But no, I'm not that desperate. Right. So (laughs) be social. (laughs) Network. Don't sell. Yes, absolutely. It's all about network and building relationships. And that is going to get you further than trying to be desperate and salesy. 
So this is another thing that I've heard a lot of chatter about. The hashtags, do they go in your actual like post or do they go in the comments and does it matter? This is one of those, the experts will debate. It does not matter. That's why I want you to weigh in. It does not matter. And I think that some of these Instagram experts that I have actually, and I say experts with quotation marks, that I have like talked to, they kind of get annoyed with me because I am very like, it doesn't actually matter. It does not. There is no, the Instagram algorithm doesn't read it differently in the comments or in the post. It looks cleaner when it's in the comments because Instagram does like hide it kind of whenever you're scrolling. However, like if you're looking at my feed, you'll see like anything that I have pre-scheduled, typically the hashtags do show up in the comment because I've already typed it out for it to post for me. So I don't have to go and post. So there is no app yet that will post your comments for you. So my hashtags will show up in my caption. But if I'm organically posting on the go and it's me, I do put them in the comments because I do like that cleaner look but I'm not offended as long. And I would at least do like, say, do the space thing where you like do the dot, enter, dot, enter, dot, enter. It was my next question. Yes. (laughs) So that it, and all that does is like space it down. So you write your caption, enter, 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 and then maybe like do a dot, enter, dot, enter, dot, enter. I do like four or five dots and then type out all your hashtags. I'll, I keep a note in my phone and I can just copy and paste my hashtags into it. So I don't have to keep typing new ones, but that will kind of clean it up too. So your caption is there and then they can exit out if they're done looking at it and they don't have to scroll down and see all of your hashtags. So just keep it clean because again, it is a visual platform. So, you know, whatever can give you the, whatever's easier for them to read and to process will be the best option. But whatever works for you, if I try to schedule out my work and if I have to put it in the caption, that's what I do because it's easier for me that way. Yeah, and that's it. You got to schedule things out, especially when you're trying to juggle all of the things that we're trying to juggle. Absolutely. And that's like one of the biggest complaints that people have is that they want to give up on Instagram and they don't want to use Instagram for their business because it takes up so much time. And I actually, this morning, I spent two hours and I scheduled out the entire month of September for my Disney Instagram account to post a day. I did the captions and the hashtags for every single post. I scheduled it for exactly what time I wanted it posted. So there are two things that will go, one that will go out in the morning, one that will go out in the afternoon. And I've scheduled it for every single day in September. And now I do not have to touch it again. I don't have to touch it. It's amazing. So there's like nothing wrong. And everyone's like, well, I want to be more organic and I don't want to have everything scheduled because I feel like that's not authentic. That's silly. Like this is marketing. Like again, Treat it like it's your business. You can still be a genuine human being and write captions that are very authentic and genuine. I deal with lots of personal brands and this is this is their biggest complaint is that they feel like that they're scheduling, that they're not being authentic. And that is not the case. Like you can't do everything, but you can still show up and be a genuine human being and create a caption that is extremely converting for your followers and just pre-plan it. It's not a big deal. And there's no harm in it. Again, this is marketing. This is a business. So if that's scheduling is what's going to keep you more productive and be able to get all of your things done, then do it. I don't have a problem with it. So I'd love to know, what would your number one piece of advice be for a parent pursuing entrepreneurship? I think my biggest struggle in the beginning and every day, always, 
is <laughs> the guilt of, because I think most entrepreneurs do work from home that have kids. I think that they do work from home. So I think the hardest thing is letting go of that mom guilt or that parent guilt, whatever it is. Because whenever I'm sitting there on the computer, I feel like I should be with my kids. And whenever I'm with my kids, I feel like that I should be doing work. And it is a just a constant roller coaster ride of emotions. And it took me, which is really funny, it took me actually going back to a nine to five after my second baby was born for me to develop a structured schedule where whenever I'm on my computer, this is my dedicated time to work. And then whenever I'm with my children, that is my dedicated time with my children. I do not try to do both at the same time. I did that a lot after having Ella. I spent like a year and a half after she was born, just trying to play with her and type on the computer at the same time, you know, trying to sit with her at lunch and feed her lunch and type on my computer. And you feel like, you know, that you're not giving your kids a hundred percent of you at that moment. So you feel so guilty and you're also not being a hundred percent productive in your business. So I think go ahead and developing a work schedule that fits around your family to where you can, maybe it is, you're going to have to give up a morning of your sleep, or maybe it is like, you're going to have to give up a go to bed a little later so that you can work while the kids are sleeping. But I think that letting go of that guilt, whatever that is, is always been the hardest struggle and is like my biggest advice to anyone because one, you're doing this for them. Your business is for them really is to give them the best life that they can possibly have. So you're doing this for them. You're not taking anything away from them by running this business. But you also need to make sure that you are giving whatever it is that you're working on at the moment, a hundred percent. So if that means that you have to schedule everything out, do it. So that would be my advice just because that's been my biggest struggle. No, that's great. And now I'd really like for you to share where people can find you for all your things. So if somebody's looking for Disney advice, where do they go? If somebody's looking for Instagram advice, where do they go? Absolutely. So many things. Okay. So we, for our Disney things, we have a YouTube account that is just kind of starting to take off and a Instagram account that still needs a little love. And you can find us at mouse.and.more on Instagram, mouse and more. We did a little play on our last name there. (laughs) So we are on Instagram and YouTube, and we do have a website that has some blog posts that are being worked on at the moment. And we will be launching all kinds of super fun things about our agency very soon. So I would love for you guys to head over and follow me there. And then if you just want to follow along on my daily life and my entrepreneur life, you can follow me at Shelby dot more on Instagram. I do have a Facebook, but obviously I live on Instagram. So that's where you'll find me. (laughs) All of my stories are typically about my children and about like funny mom, like quotes that I find on Instagram when I'm bored feeding the baby a bottle and I'm like scrolling through and just resharing like funny quotes and, and videos of my children. So that's what you'll find there. And you're still in that like young phase, like you still have such little ones. So I remember those days fondly, just scrolling and sharing, like that's all you can really do. Yes. Yes. And it's so funny because I'll get direct messages like all the time from these other moms that are literally like, some of them are like breastfeeding their kids and nursing, you know, whatever, feeding them a bottle, same thing I'm doing. And they're all like commenting back on my quotes. And I was like, literally, this is definition of mom life right now. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much. Thanks for taking so much time out of your schedule to share so much information with us. I feel like it was all super valuable. Like I said, get that Disney information in front of my husband so we can hopefully start planning our first trip. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm going to start implementing some of those Instagram tips because I know I'm not running my account optimally. So, (laughs) Well, I hope it was helpful. Like I said, I do happen to go on rants kind of, So, but I hope that I was able to deliver actionable advice for you guys. Oh and yeah, for sure. I'm super thankful that you had me on. I love chatting with you. I think we always have so much fun when I get to talk to you. <laughs> I know. And I'm so glad we finally recorded it. Yay. Now everyone can experience it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you. I just love talking to Shelby, right? She's amazing. So you will find all of the links to this week's episode plus the show notes at megbrunson.com slash 53. You know when there's something on your to-do list, it's a big juicy goal and it's so big that it feels nearly impossible, it stresses you out, or you're afraid that you don't have what it takes to pull it off. So you put it off instead. Last week, we met Jen Taylor. She works with entrepreneurs to map out their vision and guide them through the process so that they stay out of that place of overwhelm and they stay in action, confident, on top of their game, and wondering what else is possible. She's a mom to 18, yes, 18 kiddos, a published author, a podcaster, a public speaker, a minimalist, a healthy life enthusiast, a wannabe YouTuber. She loves trading Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and is jonesing to do more traveling. If you haven't already, go back and give last week's episode with Jen Taylor a listen. Next week, we will talk to Marta Spurk. She is a triplet mom, a health and success coach, and the host of the Mom Does It All podcast. She was born in Brazil and lived there her whole life until she married an American and moved to the States. She has a background in teaching, translating, and tutoring, and now she's helping moms prioritize their physical and mental health as well as grow their business in stress-free ways by following their passions and joy. You're not going to want to miss that episode either, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast today. Have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Don't miss my mom's next episode. Bye.